Welcome to Innovation Generation, a podcast of the Center for Entrepreneurship and Innovation at Grove City College, where we hear the inspiring stories of entrepreneurs and explore the hopefulness of entrepreneurial thinking wherever we find it. I'm your host, Tim Sweet, and this is Innovation Generation. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Entrepreneurship at Grove City College. Today we have two very special guests with us, students at Grove City College, two current students who are studying entrepreneurship as their major and who have some really great experiences and stories to tell. I'd like to welcome, first of all, Luke Gilligan to the program. Luke, glad to have you with us. Yeah, thank you for inviting us. And also Ethan David. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. So tell me a little bit, guys, about how you each kind of found the program at Grove City and why you decided to become an entrepreneurship major at Grove City College. Luke, let's start with you. That's a great question. Ever since I was a kid, I've always been a business-minded individual. If you ask my mom, she would always said I had some side of like hustle going on. <laughs> um, freshman year of high school, I started a nonprofit called Huggable Happiness, which taught teenage entrepreneurship to teenagers in Indiana because there was no program available for that. And I ran that until I signed myself out of it because I said that leadership had to be 18 or younger. Did not expect that I'd you be You aged teen. out. I did. <laughs> and then I got into some other ventures. I am a knitwear designer. And so I ran a company for that. And so when I was looking for colleges, I wanted to find a college that supported my endeavors. And I also wanted to learn in a Christian environment what it looks like to be a business person. And because I've been learning hands-on teaching myself, but I wanted to be learning from experts and mentors and people that have done it well. And so I found Grove. It was actually last minute. I was applying to all, I graduated a year early and I was applying to UC Irvine, a bunch of Californian uh, colleges that have some sort of entrepreneurship. Mm. I was actually interested in biomedical informatics at the time. Yeah. And I got an email out of the blue because I wasn't looking at a Christian colleges because I looked through all of them and was like, they're not for me, which was sad. And I was like, hey, Junior Crimson Day at Grove City College is coming up. This was on a Tuesday, that Thursday. And I was like, okay, that's great. I didn't know who you guys were. And then I found out that four of the deacons at my college met and married here. Is that right? And so I was like, that sounds like an interesting, it en <laughs> yeah, it engaged me. So Wednesday we signed up and Junior Crimson Day. I came, I met you. Right, I remember I that. I did my interview and I signed, basically signed on to come to Grove that day. I, I remember meeting you for the first time and thinking, wow, here's a young man who really has already dabbled in businesses and has had some success and seems to love innovation and entrepreneurial thinking. Yeah. And it was, it was really fantastic to see someone your age who had already tried so much, uh, not just thinking about or studying entrepreneurship, but doing it. Yeah. So that's, that's great. Yeah. That's how, I mean, that's how I found you guys. And the second I stepped on campus, I Knew this was where I was coming. So. And you're currently in your second year, right? You're a sophomore. Yes, I am now. a sophomore. Yeah. yeah, great. And Ethan, uh, you also are a sophomore here at Grove City. And your journey wasn't exactly the same as Luke's. Tell us right. a little bit about how you found Grove City and how you found your way into the entrepreneurship department and entrepreneurship major here at Grove City. My mom graduated from Grove City College, so it was already something that was 
talk to us. My sister and I are twins and we were both going here now. So my mom always talked to us about Grove City. We heard a lot about her journey at Grove and her academics here and the rigorous work that she did do here. Yeah. And I actually was kind of intimidated by that because my education journey was all but easy. So mm. struggling with learning disabilities. And so I was sort of intimidated coming here. But senior year, I was I'd actually finished up most of the things I needed to do for graduation because I was doing homeschooling mm. uh, stuff. So I became a dual enrollment student here my senior year. So I would drive up to the campus two days a week, take some classes. And that really got me into the college campus really early on. So I got to meet a lot of the professors, see what the community was like. And I really loved it right away, even though I wasn't part of very much, just basically driving up, taking classes, doing my homework and leaving. Just with that, I was getting involved with the professors, seeing how they taught, really seeing how Christian worldview was woven throughout everything that they taught. And it was really encouraging to me because I really value that type of teaching. Mm. And so I really wanted that to be a part of my entire Christian college career. So my sister and I both applied early. We both got in. And I started off as a communications major because I was scared that if I didn't declare a major, I wasn't going to get accepted. <laughs> and I had not applied to any other college. Sure. So I was like, I got to make sure I get in here with whatever is needed. You so, now know you don't have to declare right, a major exactly. to get accepted. And I, I was really just too much like, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I was too like just in my head about going to college that sure. I wasn't really thinking about that. And I thought communications at the time anyways was the best one for me because I just did not know what I wanted to do. Sure. So I thought, you know, I, I've had some experience with public speaking and I like working with people. And it seems that many communications majors move into an area where they tend to work with people very often. Mm. So I thought that that would be at the time the best one for me. So getting to school, taking some classes that really had nothing to do with the major, which was good because I got to feel out a bunch of different areas of the college. So I discovered, though, that the communications major wasn't really going to offer me exactly what I was looking for in learning, even though I had no idea what that was. <laughs> so that spring semester of my freshman year, I took Lean Launchpad, and it was just out of the blue. I was talking to my parents about what college classes to take that next semester, and my parents were like, well, why don't you try an entrepreneurship class just because we've talked about it and just to see if you like it because we think you could be good at sales or you could do something sure. well in that. So You're Very people-oriented. Right, right. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll try it, um, even though I have no idea what it's going to be about. And I had no idea what it was going to be about. <laughs> when I got to that class, it was a whirlwind, you know. It was a ton of learning, a ton of experience. It's the best class I've ever taken. But in the middle of it, I was like, I, this is a lot. This is a lot of work. But once we got to the end, Luke and I were on a team in, in that class, and we discovered just how much reward we were getting from the work we were doing in that class. Is that how the two of you met in that is, lean yeah. launchpad class, which is required in the entrepreneurship major? You were taking it, Luke, because that was part of the natural flow in your freshman yeah. year. I took it because I was not forced to take it, but right. it was required. Some classes are required and you want to take yeah. it. Yeah. And so you get put into teams and there's like 40 kids in this class and sure. a lot of the teams you get to choose and I was late to the draw. And so mm. our team kind of just got 
piled together. None yeah. of us knew each other. Okay, it was an right. accidental happening. But yeah. I think throughout the class, what Professor Inglis does well is shows the skill sets and teaches us how to work well with each other. And I think what we learned is how complementary we are. We are completely different, hmm. but we work well together. And we had a good business idea that we didn't see the opportunity while we were taking the class until, like he said, the end of it, when we really got to see the reward from every, you basically take an idea from the beginning all the way to the end of basically about to start a company, which is an amazing. So, I mean, in this class, you actually come up with your own ideas, right? Right. It's an original business idea. Yep. Or a nonprofit idea or a social mm -hmm. entrepreneurship idea, right? Yeah. So in that class, you formulated the very beginnings of an idea that has continued to grow, right? So at the end of the semester, you had an opportunity to be part of a competition. Is that right? right? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So there's Wolverine Venture Battle at the end of the spring semester of Lean Launchpad. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily part of the class, but the school offers it as a campus-wide competition. Yes. So we entered that as part of the class. She wanted us to, Professor English wanted us to enter that competition. She so, had an idea. Right. You had already done the work. We had everything set to go. Why not a competition? So, right? All the teams have to enter. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So we entered that competition, and we made it into the final round. And so... We got to pitch to a lot of different judges. Some were alumni, some were from other businesses surrounding Grove City, some from were from outside. Mm -hmm. It was an amazing opportunity to meet some judges, meet some more professors, really get some coaching from our, our teacher's assistants, and really put to work all that we've done throughout the semester. Hmm. So we got to present that. And we did take second, so. You took second place. Very proud of that. Yeah. All right, so. <laughs> You not only got to enter and made the finals, but you, you did you win something? Would you get oh, like yeah. a trophy or what'd you get as a we result? Got close to six thousand over, over six thousand dollars and wow. take home cash. Six thousand yeah. dollars. Wow, that's fantastic. It was exciting. Yeah. So I want you to tell the audience a little bit about the nature of the business. I think people will be curious to know what was the idea mm -hmm. and how did it take shape and maybe then tell us the story of where you are now with it. Sure. In the beginning of the class, we created Resense. Um, it was not Resense. R-E-S-E-N-S. Yes, because yeah. we are hoping to help individuals that are living with Alzheimer's dementia. We want to bring comfort and joy to them. And so we created a toolkit. Uh, think of a subscription box. Sure. That has different activities and then with multiple different benefits. And it's a nuanced approach to increasing memory recall and decreasing the progression of the disease. There is currently no cure for Alzheimer's, right. but there are lots of researchers and scientists that are continually trying to find uh, some way to get more time with their loved ones and figuring sure. out this disease. So it's a nuanced approach that has recently been discovered targeting the five senses and how what combination of exercising the senses, like you can exercise your body, increases that brain health. And so our box is called the memory box, and we include tactile activities, aromatherapy, basically different products and contents that target each of the five senses. Like music, one. auditory stimulation. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and our goal is not only to benefit the individual, but we understand from the caregiver point of view how stressful it is to not only care for that loved one, 
but also find activities for them to do. I mean, they're in cyclical patterns, like sure. doing the same thing day after day. And so we wanted to create an opportunity for them to have new memories with their loved one that they can remember and have good, like, end-of-life opportunities just to remember them and have sure. a great experience with it. So Great. Yeah. And you've this isn't a product you just thought, oh, let's try this, right? You, no. You did some research, didn't right. you? Yeah, what's really cool about our, our, our business is it's a culmination of the research that we've done a lot of. Mm -hmm. And that's what our, our product is built on, is research, research, research. The entire lean process that we went through, through Lean Launchpad in that course, was developing the idea through the research that we did. We've done over the past year, so that's with the semester that we spent in Lean Launchpad and outside, over 60 interviews of mental health professionals like psychiatrists and psychologists, family members, care facility administrators, and so on, about what does it look like to take care of one with Alzheimer's dementia? Mm -hmm. What does it look like to live with Alzheimer's and dementia? And what are some ways that we can help in that? So we did personal interviews, you know, what is it like and, and how can we help? You actually interviewed caregivers. Right. And other professionals who were in some way responsible for caring for dementia patients. Yes. yes. Yeah. And we interviewed dementia patients. That was some of the most impactful and emotional interviews that I've ever done in my life. And it really just showed us the need that, mm. I mean, the initial idea for this and the beginning weeks of Lean Launchpad was more of like a HelloFresh box for those living with dementia. Sure. And doing our interviews, we've realized just how much of a need there is for activities, education, resources for the caregivers and the individual. And like Ethan said, through research, we figured out the five senses and interviewing psychologists and psychiatrists, getting to see just how, for example, aromatherapy, how impactful lavender is to the brain and how it shows benefits within just using it and smelling it. And it was an amazing experience, but yeah. Wow. So I actually overheard a conversation that you had with a caregiver. You were talking a little bit about your product and you got some direct feedback from somebody who cared for someone, a relative that had dementia. What are you hearing from some of those people, especially the caregivers who really want their loved ones to, um, to have a great life and to have meaningful moments uh, of lucidity. Tell us a little yeah. bit about that. Well, one of the things that we saw consistently throughout our interviews with caregivers is that they can struggle with providing activities for their patients to do that are stimulating, entertaining, engaging, but as Luke can expand on is that treat them at the age that they are because oh. many times... Yeah. Uh, the things that they're given to do or the way that they're treated often makes them feel like they're children, which we know they're not. They are grandparents, our parents, our friends, um, some of the heroes of our country. People you know. who fought in wars. Right. right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, we presented a few weeks ago to a room full of people uh, interested in coming to Grove. And we had an emotional mother actually just come down and explain that she has been caring for her mother for seven years mm. and has been looking for products like this that engage her and support her. And like Ethan said, I've been a caregiver or I was a caregiver. I worked in nursing homes all throughout high school. Mm. 
and I got to witness everything, but what broke my heart the most was seeing how they were treated. And so many times, like he said, like children. Mm-hmm. And I'm also a respite caregiver and for special needs individuals. And the best way I can explain this is one of the kids I take care of, he's 24 and very uh, bright, very with it, but he gets treated like a six-year-old sometimes, mm-hmm. which is just disappointing to me because they see that and they do know it and they realize it. They might not be able to say it, but they do see it. And I've always been told, like he said, to treat them the age they are. And I always like to remember that these individuals, they were there for us. And many times if they're a parent, they raised us. They taught us who we are now and we need to treat them with the respect and the support that they deserve. And so that's why our product mainly focuses on that is we provide products for these individuals, but we treat them like they, they actually are. Our boxes don't look like box uh, activities for kindergartners and other kids. They're more for seniors and things that will engage them and that they'll enjoy and they'll recognize and feel comfort with rather than being off put by maybe like childish illustrations or other things that we've seen in local products. From what I've seen in the product that you've created and the prototype of the products that you've created, you seem also to be very sensitive about time periods Mm -hmm. when you're connecting to memories. Tell me more about that. Sure. So one of the things we found through our research and uh, really if you spend any time with those patients is that they're part of a specific generation right now. And eventually that generation is going to change. But right now, the generation really needs to be focused on with products that they can recognize. So It's like a 65-plus demographic. Right, right. Okay. So one of our products that we use is a word search. And in that word search, we make sure that none of the topics or the words go past the 1980s. So that they're recognizing each one of those things. Yeah. Because the number one thing is we don't want to cause frustration. And as a caregiver, I've seen that many times when you're trying to teach an old dog new tricks. And sometimes it can be frustrating. And the one thing we don't want to do is make them feel worse about the progression Mm -hmm. of their disease, rather just supporting them and making them have wins. Mm -hmm. And that's what our product can do. Yeah. Fantastic. So a lot of times when people think about entrepreneurship, they think about the Shark Tank experience, the for-profit startup that's designed to make money and to scale and grow to a point where they might even harvest the business and sell it or, you know, scale it to a completely new level. This idea doesn't seem to be motivated by money, although sustaining your business is important, I'm assuming. Tell us about how you're thinking about the nature of the idea. Is it a social venture? Is it a redemptive venture? Tell us a little bit about how you think about that. Um, through our classes, we yep. get, especially the classes I've taken with you, <laughs> learning about social entrepreneurship and redemptive entrepreneurship. We're mainly thinking this company is going to be a redemptive entrepreneurship. Okay. Um, we, there's obviously innate good that is created. We're helping people living with Alzheimer's dementia. But what we've realized is that there's so much more good that we could do and Mm. people that we could impact. We were recently at a business competition and we got a lot of good feedback. And one of the things that we realized is that 
yes, we have an amazing product that we can sell, but there's also individuals in the world that can't afford this, but that need it. Hmm. And so, for example, one of the things we're looking into working with are Ukraine. I know of an organization that specifically is helping elderly, widowed, and nursing homes in Ukraine before all of this happened. And now we have an opportunity to help them and give them activities and give them care packages. But there's also opportunities in other third world countries where we could support artists there. And because our box is a curation of different products. Sure. And so basically being able to make good and impact out of each one of the products. And that's really what our goal is in the future is to make sure that our box creates the most value and good in the tiniest little ways. So maybe the artists that we choose for our coloring books, we're supporting people in Ukraine, Afghanistan, and other countries that need it. Do you want to expand on that? Either? Yeah. So like Luke said, you know, sporting local artists, we love to see people using their talents and showing it to the world. Yeah. So maybe just for an example, like my twin sister, she, she's great at art. I love her drawings. I love what she does. And I want people to see it. Mm-hmm. And so one of the activities in our box is a coloring activity. And we have, we're developing it so depending on what stage of dementia, we can offer a new activity. So one of them is a little bit more complicated than the next. So you're tiering the product. Right. Okay. right. So that's what we're developing right now. Yeah. And so the one that we're looking into right now is creating some very basic drawings that can be used in a coloring activity, but really have um, a very adult feel or a very mature feel to them. Like my sister was able to draw up some designs for us to think about, and I love them. Sure. And so I want those to be displayed. And so if we can support artists across the world, especially in places like Ukraine or other countries that really need some help, we want to do that. So with redemptive entrepreneurship, we, we try to identify places in the world where there is brokenness, mm-hmm. right? And where there's pain or there's hurt. And it sounds to me like your idea is addressing brokenness at a number of different levels simultaneously. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. We not only want to just donate our product to help people that, because the United States isn't the only place living with dementia, with individuals with dementia. Right. And it's amazing that we have so much opportunities here to give care and have insurances and different medical opportunities. But think about China or different countries that don't have that opportunity these individuals still can utilize our product. And so we want to do that, but then, yeah, targeting artists, helping them support their families so that they don't have to find other means of doing so. And So part of your supply chain would also address a redemptive need, mm-hmm. right? So both the beneficiaries, the suppliers, the caregivers, there's something that redemptive that happens in each of those contexts, yes. right? right? Yeah. Wow. I really love that. I love that about your ideas that it has this multidimensionality to it. Yeah. So Luke, you mentioned, oh, we went to a competition last week, but that's more, there's more to it than that. Correct. I mean, this was not just any old competition. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, yeah, it was called, uh, Texas Christian university, put it on. And it's called the Values and Ventures competition. Mm. And it is probably one of the biggest national ones. 
And we were told it was, yeah, we were told it was the biggest undergrad business competition in the world. Yeah. Wow. So it was you, you made the final round of this. Yeah, I did. Fantastic. Um, so we got the fun opportunity to travel for the first time with recents to Texas Hmm. and pitch among a lot of amazing companies. And just being there was an awesome opportunity. We didn't place, but the like opportunity of networking with judges and just hearing these other companies and getting the feedback was beyond beneficial. And like, we wouldn't have changed the world, like how, I guess it ended. Yeah. Yeah. It Uh, was amazing. Just the learning opportunity we had to be there mm. really, you know, it was fun to meet the other competitors because at first you get there and you're like, I'm competing against all these (laughs) other teams. But then once you start to talk to them and get into the mode of networking and talking and really just learning about all these other ventures, you can see how all these young minds are really looking to change the world. That's fantastic. And it was the values and ventures competition. So they focused a lot on what we would call redemptive entrepreneurship. Sure. They didn't call it that. But just seeing, like you said, these companies and all these different colleges that are doing amazing social good and just getting to hear their stories. The one fun thing is we were probably one of the youngest ones there. And so it gave us a good hope for when we become seniors of what our companies could look like. Sure. And maybe go back to that competition. But yeah, it was an, and the judges, we met with some amazing CEOs that are doing extreme good and seeing their willingness to help us, Hmm. like our tiny recents. And they might be, one of them is running the biggest brand in Sephora and seeing her social good that she's creating with across the country and world is, it was inspiring. Wow. Fantastic. Now you're not stopping with that competition, right? We are. You have another one coming up? Yeah, we have one in, it's called eFest. It's in Minnesota at the end of this month. And we actually have, we met two teams at TCU that are also going to that competition. So we connected with them and uh, we're trying to keep updated with them just to be friends. We're excited that we have other entrepreneurs like us that are looking to change the world and that we get to travel again with. So we made sure that we connected with them and uh, are keeping up with them. But this competition, we're really excited about. We've had... uh, past students at Grove City go to this competition and we've heard a lot of good things about it. So we're just trying to prepare uh, with the feedback we've gotten from this competition to do even better at this next one. Sure. That's incredible. Your idea is a startup idea, but is all of entrepreneurship just about startups or are, would you see these skills that you're learning translate into a lot of different areas? Mm. Yeah. Have you um, thought much about oh, how yeah. that happens? There's a there's a lot of application. Just being in Lean Launchpad throughout that semester going through that class, that's what caused me to change to an entrepreneurship major. So because of that class, the success we found there, the skill sets that I learned, mm-hmm. I found myself being in sort of this place that I I was finding my skill set. Yeah. So but what we learned there was one thing we do a lot of is interviews. So we go and find who's our customer, you know, what's our target, who do we need to talk to to get information to find who we need to talk to. It teaches you to ask good questions, ask questions on the fly, which is asking questions in response to what your interviewee could say. Mm. And then also networking, because at the end of each interview, we were uh, taught to ask 
who else could you recommend to me to connect with sure. that would be good to help me in learning a little bit more about this topic? Uh, yeah. I also would say that it is us two. So we are having to fill many hats. Yeah. Sure. Whether that's sales or marketing and business management, we're learning how to CRM. Did not know what that was until we started uh, recent. And so we want to take this outside of college, obviously. There's yeah. so many applications. We could go to different diseases create more products. But even if we don't, I can see myself working for other startups and I could fill many hats just based off of this sure. experience. So you could work for a, a nonprofit, a for-profit, you could work for a corporation doing these things. You could do your own startup, another startup, uh, a redemptively minded uh, company. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of, lots of application here. I, I can't wait to see what God's going to do with you guys, because I, I see you working in our innovation zone and yeah. collaborating, and you seem to be having a lot of fun doing this. Uh -huh. Is that just me, or is that true? It's it's a wonderful experience. Sometimes it's stressful, but yeah. we do make the most out of it, and it's honestly, like, yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's amazing. Yeah. The innovation zone that we have on Grow City College's campus has been an amazing space for Luke and I to really dive deep into our problem sure. that we're addressing. Yeah. And we spend probably more time in there than our own dorm rooms, but <laughs> it's an amazing spot to be where we can bounce ideas. What do you like about that space? That's innovation zone on the second floor of our uh, Staley Hall of Arts and Letters. Yeah. It's amazing collaborative space. There's a lot of tools that the entrepreneurship program has supplied into that small room that has given us the ability to just kind of talk out our ideas, even down to tables that can move around into whatever <laughs> format you want, just so we can create like a meeting format, a collaborative format, just some of the smallest details of sure. supplying post-it notes for us to jot down yeah, ideas. Lots of brainstorming oh, yeah. tools, boards, whiteboards yeah. that move around. And it's also, I don't know if this is good for you guys, but it's the center of all our professors. Yeah. And so you guys are always walking around and we pull you in when we need questions. Professor English, she's the director of the center. Mm -hmm. um, her office is in there. So I don't know how much work she gets done, but we do <laughs> constantly ask her questions and get her advice. And that's really what I'm taking out of it. And that's what I love sure. about it is, I mean, I came here for mentorship and I got it, it yeah. like tenfold. Sure. And so, um, yeah, if you're going to come here, stop by the zone and you'll find sure. anything you need to succeed. Do you feel a sense of community? With, with among our entrepreneurship majors. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Community and competition, but that goes together. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. right. It's yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. And uh, we did a community event uh, a couple of weeks ago, didn't right. we? we? Yeah. Tell students a little bit about that. So students that are kind of hearing this for the first time, like, I wonder what it's like to be an entrepreneurship major. Uh, what do they do? What do they study? You know, some of the things that you've answered already. But tell us a little bit about that event. Yeah. Student Admitted Day. It's an event we have in the spring every year where students get to come on campus that have been accepted and they get to meet with their department, go to different events, basically get to almost sit in on like a mock class. And some departments do different panels with their students and other faculty to ask questions. So Luke and I were fortunate enough to be asked by Professor Sweet here to, to go onto that panel and we got to talk about our idea, talk about the amazing experience we've had with entrepreneurship, and hear some other business uh, students. So do you find that students here and professors are willing to just open up and 
and help students that are looking at Grove City College to see from their point of view absolutely uh, what yeah. the what the benefits and opportunities are here. Oh, absolutely. What I found different than a lot of other colleges is it's not a sales pitch from the professors to get here. Mm-hmm. They want to hear your story, hear where you want to go, and they will make that happen. And sure. so they're, even if you're talking to an entrepreneurship professor, they if they don't think you're going to fit the entrepreneurship department, they'll encourage you to go talk to someone else who might help your journey to be more successful. Sure. But yeah, no, if you come here, you can talk to any student, any professor, and they'll listen, they'll help you, and honestly, like, become your next friend. That's what I love about Grove. Oh, yeah, that's great. Uh, we had another event as well a couple of weeks ago at Professor Smith's house. We did. Uh, you want to tell the students about oh. that? Because that's a little different. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. That, that was a cool event. We had wing night at Professor Smith's house up in Mercer. Sure. And we just got together as the department and got to have some community bonding, department bonding at his house while we ate some awesome wings. Yeah. So it was great to just talk to professors again, talk to the fellow entrepreneurship majors and students, and really just talk about what's going on with life, what's going on at the college. Yeah, outside of a college setting, I realized I got to know some people that I've never really heard their life story or got to know them as not a fellow student. As individuals. Yeah. yeah. Um, we lost some criminal minds. Uh, that was fun. <laughs> it was just a great experience to play ping pong and just, like, get to know our department. And, and, there was, and you consumed a lot of wings. Uh, I think I, it was 650. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of wings. Yeah, that was. It was very good, though. Everybody was happy at the end of the night. Yeah. 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 Well, Ethan and Luke, I'm really glad you could join us on this podcast episode. I am so glad that you've had such a great experience here and that your story continues to evolve. I can't wait to see what's next for you guys, but I appreciate the, taking some time today to share with students and parents who are listening in just to give them a flavor of you know what entrepreneurship is like from your point of view. So thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, no, thank and thank you. you for having us. And we'll look forward to maybe another episode when we can follow up and find out the next stage of your business idea. Oh, absolutely. And, and where it's going. Yeah. So thank you. And thank you everyone for listening in. We appreciate uh, the time that you have shared with us as well and hope that you all have a great day. Thanks for joining us today on Innovation Generation. We're glad you could join us, and we invite you to come back for more episodes. To contact us, you can find us at gccentrepreneurship.com, or you can follow us on social media at GCC Entrepreneur.